Hello, Assalamu alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And I'm back because, I mean, this is something that I did not think was too important to talk about um, as it is everybody is talking about it anyway. Plus, I wanted to glean some more authentic information about it um, because as is true to the pattern of the Nawaz family, um, you know, um, they're very late to announce anything that happens in their family because they always use it for political reasons. They announced Kalsum Nawaz's death late um, just to suit their political purposes for the election. Um, so it was very obvious that they announced the divorce of Maryam Nawaz's sons, um, you know, Janet's after his divorce with Aisha Saf. Um, that was announced again after a, a few months. Um, actually, they were separated almost immediately after their marriage. And that is, again, mainly because of Maryam Nawaz herself. Um, so now, you know, people are uh, talking about it. Why? I'll tell you why. Um, the thing is that people feel that Janet Safter has no right to appeal the people with regards to um, respecting his privacy in this matter. Why? Because his own family, his own mother, disregarded that respect when it came to other people for political reasons, especially Imran Khan, the vulgar um, addresses that she gave, the abuses that she hurled, um, the expletives, um, you know, explicit, actually, sorry, I was trying to use two different words, um, the explicit descriptions that she gave claiming that he was an addict he was a playboy he was this he was that first of all every single person and his wife knows the whole life story of Imran Khan because his life is transparent unlike the Nawaz family or Zardari's family which both of which have loads of secrets they're hiding behind a lot of secrets and a lot of conspiracies and a lot of um, farce and a lot of lies and a lot of false narratives. Imran Khan has no narrative. He has no secrets. Everything is out in the open right from the start. Why? Because he was always in the public eye right from the start. But one thing is something that people could never believe anyway when she tried to claim that he was an addict. First of all, in my opinion, the details, the explicit details that she gave about the stupor and the positions and, um, you know, the symptoms and the, you know, whatever happens when one gets high. First of all, was she present? You know, she wasn't, obviously. So how did she know all these explicit details? Um, I think she was speaking from personal experience. Because, okay, this is on the record, okay, nobody can dispute this. Mariam Nawaz never enjoyed a good reputation as a young girl and as a young woman. She used to go to those so-called elite parties. Yeah, they, they used to be called elite parties, okay, in Lahore. These are those places where all these so-called elites, who are basically what we call the nouveau riche, you know, self-alleged elites. These are those people who 
you know, suddenly rose into money and then they rose into power and then with connections with each other, helped each other out to gain more power in politics and in the police and in the army and, you know, these kind of people, which as we can see, they're all absolutely shameless people with very poor backgrounds if you go way back because you can see that they all amassed their wealth um, illegally through black money. Um, so, you know, so much for their elitism. But anyway, these people had this thing, and they still do it, I think. Um, but this was a major thing in the 80s and 90s, you know. They would get together and hold um, secret parties, um, you know, in which a lot of activities, a lot of illegal activities took place, you know. So they were like these, you know, club members who had their own clubs. And, you know, they would get together, um, they would get high, they would drink, um, you know, they would have sex with each other. So, I mean, it's it's the regular, you know, the the regular kind of elite parties that everybody knows. And she was always there. She was one of those people who was always there. Um, there were photos of her that were, you know, um, on the record, you know. And those times, obviously, we didn't have the internet and all. But later on, when the internet, you know, came, then initially some of her photos were thrown out there in the on the net. Um, you can find them if you do a little bit of search. Um, you will see those old photos of her, um, you know, prancing around half-naked, drunk in the parties, you know, you'll see that. She was pretty notorious for that. Um, and as you know, um, a certain someone who is an influencer, um, you know, who threatened various politicians with, um, you know, their nude videos and their, um, you know, their videos committing adultery with different women, you know, she also mentioned that she could one day even, you know, expose Maryam Nawaz. So yes, she, uh, I think that could also remind you that she was basically talking about that because Maryam Nawaz, as I said, never enjoyed a good reputation. Um, she eloped from home. She was dragged back home. Her parents almost killed her. Then her grandmother said to save face, to save respect, just get her married to the man she eloped with, you know. And, you know, she she, she said very, she, you know, she was speaking so confidently the other day in one of her speeches when she was uh, foul-mouthedly, um, you know, uh, talking about Imran Khan and she was saying that you know she was her parents got her married to her husband yeah right she ran away from home okay she eloped she was dragged back home she was almost killed and then her grandmother said better get her married because she was pregnant that was the true story okay let's just tell the truth because she was so insistent about talking about the truth when it came to Imran Khan that she should have spoken the truth instead of fabricating lies you know in between this is what we call talking uh, this is what we call telling the truth okay and so she was claiming the other day very very confidently that you know my parents got me married to my husband and I am still adhering to that marriage I am still with him. Yeah, you're not. The whole world knows that you have separated from your husband and you separated from him like eons ago, like decades ago. And that is why you were usually found in England or in the Bay or with your father because you had separated from your husband. But for political reasons, nobody allowed you people to declare it. In fact, you were not just separated. The rumor went as far as to say that 
they actually divorced. This is why they were never seen together because they actually had a divorce and Safdar went ahead and married again if everybody remembers and that woman, that lady, she ran away in fear of her life and her kid's life I think because she was afraid that Maryam Nawaz was going to kill her, right? Because if, if that marriage got exposed in public then her divorce would get exposed and in this family, everything is all about optics and politics. Nothing is real. You can understand everything is a sham. If you look at the, the reality behind the scenes, this family is absolutely the pits. So, on the, you know, with Maryam ranting and ranting and ranting obsessively about Imran Khan, you know, one would uh, have two questions. One would answer her vulgar statements by a vulgar question. Did he fuck you? How do you know all the details about this man? How, how do you know all the intimate details about this man? Did he fuck you? Number one. And number two, how do you know what happens when a person gets high on a certain specific drug? It means you've had personal experience. That is, there is no way you can so in great detail describe the highs and lows and the physical and mental um, you know, effects of when you're high unless you've gone through it yourself. Yeah, the way she described, I mean, so basically she was describing herself when she used to get high and just putting his name on it. That is what I understood from the way she described it. Okay, now here's another thing. She, kept, she dragged his marriage into court, which she had no right to. Um, she decided that his marriage to his current wife was, you know, a public property thing. That it was, you know, a legal thing that had to be brought into court and had to be shamed in front of the public. He married his wife legally. There is nothing wrong about his marriage with his wife. There is nothing wrong about the fact that those two decided to get married when each of them were divorced already. There is nothing wrong that both of them already have grown-up children. There is nothing wrong that each of their spouses have no problem with it. She was already divorced. He was already divorced. They decided to get married. At least they did not go around committing adultery. At least they were not each other's side pieces. Okay? To Maryam Nawaz, getting married might be a shameful act. Because in Maryam Nawaz's family, in the Nawaz family, in the Sharif family, marriage is considered a shameful act. Look at all the secret marriages Shabash Sharif has been doing. Why are they a secret? Tell me, what is wrong with getting married? Why is it a secret? You're allowed to get married. You're allowed to get married four times. You're allowed to have four wives at a time. Why the big secret? You know, Nawaz Sharif, Maryam Nawaz, uh, Shabash Sharif's son, you know, Maryam Nawaz's brothers. Why are they going around conducting secret marriages? You know, and then side by side, they're going around having affairs. You know, Maryam has God knows how many illegitimate children in different parts of the world including Pakistan, and same as with her father, 
and the same is with her uncle Shabash Sharif, and the same is with Hamza, and the sh- the same is probably with her brothers. But they're in England. Oh, so they're in England, so it's okay. Well, you know what? Imran Khan was also in England, and he was living in England, and he had a common law wife with whom he had that daughter, who, according to Maryam Nawaz, is illegitimate. And who, according to Maryam Nawaz, he never acknowledged. If Imran Khan never acknowledged her, how does the whole world know about her? She was no secret. The whole world knew that Imran Khan was living with another person, that she was his common-law wife, as per the British law, and that he had a daughter, you know. And when he split up with his wife, you know, then obviously she stayed with her mother, the daughter stayed with her mother, and later on, when he married Jemima, then Jemima adopted her. Tell me, how can Jemima adopt his illegitimate daughter if he never accepted her or acknowledged her as his daughter? That in itself is an oxymoron. So I don't even know what Maryam Nawaz was trying to do here. Because again, this was no secret. This was not something that was hidden. Imran Khan was an open book. His life is an open book. Everybody knows everything about Imran Khan because nothing was ever hidden. He was always in the public's eye. He was a famous cricketer. He was a famous athlete. He was a world-class athlete. He was an international player. He was known as a playboy even then. He never hid it, you know. Nothing about him was hidden. His transition from a playboy into a semi-religious and later a religious man was also in front of the whole world. Nothing was hidden. Maryam Nawaz needs to tell us about her life, about her various affairs, about her various secret marriages, about her various secret children. You know, she needs to tell us about herself. If her main concern is about moral values, she herself has none. She needs to address her own lack of moral values. And she was constantly, and you know, Reham Khan, as we all know, Reham Khan was known as Shabash Sharif's mistress. And this was a huge mistake that Imran Khan did when he married Reham Khan because he was literally warned. This was on the record that he was warned by the Intelligence Bureau telling him that she was an agent or a spy, or whatever word they like to call, but basically, in other words, that he should not marry her because she was coming on to him with an agenda. He refused to listen to them. He got married to her, and within a month, everybody in the PTI political party and everybody in the country knew what was what. Everybody knew what ulterior motives she had. Everybody knew what she was trying to do. And he, because he thwarted all her efforts and all her motives um, and divorced her promptly. So then Shabashif was like, okay, now it's time. Let's write a book. That book was literally written together with Maryam Nawaz and Shabashif and, you know, a few of their, you know, Lefafa journalists, you know, who sat down to create a whole narrative. Don't think that Reham Khan actually wrote that book herself. First of all, none of these leaders ever write their books themselves okay they all have ghost writers you need to understand that all these politicians who you see who suddenly come up with a book none of them write it they all have ghost writers she didn't write this book either this was 
written by a ghost writer and the narrative was set out, the dictation was given and everything was scripted, right? And that is why Maryam Nawaz is privy to all the details. She was privy to all the details before the book was published. And yet she would say, oh, read her book, read her book. Why? Because you wrote that book. You helped write that book and then you published it, you sponsored it, you financed it, you invested in it. Obviously, you know the details because you created many of those details. Mariam Nawaz would have been an excellent, very successful author, really. Not, not Actually, not an author. An author is too respectable a word and she would never go into the... No, no, no. She is not fit to be called an author. She would have been an excellent script writer of an Ekta Kapoor production. Yes. She's perfect for that. You know, those unrealistic overly fantasized scenarios, those weird backdrops and those weird dialogues and those weird out of the words scenes, you know, and those characters that can never exist in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Mariam Nawaz was created to be an Ekta Kapoor writer, you know. She should have worked with Ekta Kapoor in her production. She would have made millions making the drama, you know. She didn't have to, you know, um, depend on um, Pakistani public's taxes to make millions. And Maryam Nawaz also, you know, created such a hullabaloo about Imran Khan's personal life, private life, um, you know, dragging it all out into the mud um, when there was nothing. So she created a lot of it. And now, but her own family is filled with mud. Her own personal life is filled with mud. So that's why, you know, this is a tactic. As we say that, you know, you find the filthiest of the people and you will see them pointing at somebody else because they are so conscious of the inner filth. They're so conscious of their inferiority. They're so conscious of all that is wrong with them that they're scared, they're always scared. They go into this, you know, into this hypertension, psychotic breakdown sort of a mode. Uh, they basically become paranoid. So they start suffering from parano uh, paranoia, right? And they start thinking, oh my God, somebody's going to out me, somebody's going to out me. So they can't bear that. So they decide to start bullying others. And, and that is how bullies are born, even in schools. You see all these girls and boys bullying other students. Yeah, it's because of their inner filth, their inner inferiority complex. They're so scared that somebody is going to out them for what they really are, that then they start, you know, bullying others and harassing others and making up stories about others so that the attention should never come to them. You understand? Make the whole world see somewhere else. Misdirection. That is what the Nawaz family has always done because they were steeped in filth. And so... Maryam Nawaz had to continue with that because she especially was steeped in filth as a female and because she knows that her family had specialized in attacking females. They attacked Benazir's character, they attacked Jemima Khan's character. They're the reason behind Imran Khan's divorce with Jemima, okay? The Nawaz family is the reason. They are the reason of the split up. They are the ones behind it. They are the ones that made life so difficult for Jemima Khan that she was forced to separate from Imran Khan and leave the country. They just could not let her live in peace. Okay? They made Benazir's life hell as well. But she was a political personality. 
she was a public figure she was already trained by her father to withstand all of this bullshit and that is why she stood um and again because imran khan as an athlete and as a person with very strong nerves um he can withstand pressure this is why he can still stand up to them despite all that they have done and i must say kudos to his current wife bishra bibi she is made of the same salt really the way she has weathered it out the way she's been standing up to it kudos to her she is an educated woman she is a doctor by qualification she is an actual doctor by qualification she's you know she's no small fry here she belongs to a very good family with connections she is not nobody unlike riham khan riham khan was you know a weather girl and she was nobody and even her own ex you know had to come out and talk about her as to what she really is so even her own ex husband came out into public just to tell the public that she's an unreliable woman an untrustworthy woman and that she 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 is a liar and she should not be listened and over here we have got bushra bibi whose own husband is saying nothing both her ex husband and her current husband they're saying nothing about her she is saying nothing about any of them that shows what class she belongs to like jumaima khan the way the dignity jumaima khan has always shown you know during her marriage after the uh, during the breakup of her marriage after her breakup you know the woman because she has class she belongs to a good family so this is why we always say that you know family background matters the way you behave shows what kind of family you're from imran khan belongs to a good family so he acts with class jumaima khan belongs to a good family she acts with class pushra bibi belongs to a good family she's acting with class and on the other hand and even bedazir she acted with class okay but on the other side you see maryam nawaz the lowest of the low you see her whole family shabaz sharif you see nawaz sharif um you see um hamza sharif you even see maryam's husband ex husband i should say because seriously whether they i don't care what anybody says we all know they're divorced so her ex safter he is also a man with not a good background you can see it by the way they talk the way they behave the vulgarities they use you know the language they use in their daily lives if you ever happen to go to their house just see the way they eat you will hate food for the rest of your life and this is a direct quote from a very very senior journalist who happened to have had the misfortune to do that and i am also um indirectly uh you know aware of this family through different mutual connections i can tell you there's nothing good to be said about them period but the point here is again the reason why everybody's talking about janet safter's divorce is because maryam nawaz seems to have been directly involved with it you know it's like how these they thought that they could pretend to be those elite businessmen who you know do marriages for business reasons but they will create a narrative you see everything's about a narrative 
like you know after all they've been trained by the american establishment and the british establishment and the american establishment and the british establishment have been training their own politicians about creating false narratives so who better you know um so the nawaz family has been you know undergoing that training of how to create false narratives for a political optics you know and so they created this narrative that oh you know maria uh, aisha saif went to england to study and there you know she met junaid and they both gradually fell in love and this and that yeah bs bs there was no love lost between them even during their marriage you could see that i mean many people had already begun to realize that this was a business marriage why because first of all look at who her father is her father used to be the chief of nab and then he is a businessman and not just a small businessman a huge huge multi millionaire sort of a businessman okay or maybe a billionaire i think if we count his outside the assets out of pakistan you know in qatar especially and him owning one of the largest businesses in qatar and pakistan and you know and his daughter who worked as the director in his company she was a lively girl now according according to few some people junaid safter was also known to be a lively person they were both known to be very lively people in their own um you know in their in in their own aspects and sh- they both seem to have shared the same hobbies obviously horse riding and this and that she liked horse riding he liked horse riding she liked interior decorating and she liked you know other things so i mean she was an active girl a lively girl he is an active boy a lively boy but um now here's where first of all he is enjoying all of that um you know at our expense he needs to be reminded that jadeed safter your marriage is not a private problem it's not your private matter because you have been enjoying your life at our expense unlike imran khan and his wife and his family his sons his ex-wife they have they don't owe us a cent but you your whole family you owe us all your millions and your billions you were nothing your grandparents your great grandparents stole from us then they taught your grandparents how to continue stealing from us and now your grandparents have taught your parents how to steal from us so all those horse riding sessions that you had and all those activities that you enjoyed and were able to enjoy all that money that was lavishly spent on you that is our money you are literally public property get it the public literally owns you the public literally owns your whole family because it's all our money i cannot say about uh aisha saf because um to me personally just her father being the chief of nab and the friend of uh, you know nawaz sharif and him helping him with the whole qatar thing which was a big scandal that in itself makes um, me makes him to me a dubious character already i mean i i wouldn't um 
I wouldn't also refer to him as somebody who is a white businessman. I think he also has earned his place through black money, some of which may probably be public money as well. After all, as I said, these were all corrupt people who worked together to do corrupt deeds, to steal the money from people, to and you know, so yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. But anybody who is a friend of Nawaz Sharif and anybody who worked alongside Nawaz Sharif and the government in a in any capacity, you know, definitely in my book, not an honest person, cannot be, and no honest person can be anywhere around this family or work with them. So yeah, sorry, but yeah, I also find um you know, Mr. Saf's wealth dubious. But the point now here comes is that whatever it is, um, Mariam Nawaz seemed to also obsess over Imran Khan's, um, you know, sexual orientation and, uh, or should we say his sexual preference, sorry. Um, and she was very obsessed with it and because she, I remember that, you know, Shabazz Sharif and Mariam Nawaz had sort of worked it out with Raham Khan that she should call him gay. She tried it once, it backfired, and after that she never did it again. But she thought that, you know, if she would sit and be that typical, bring her BBC coy weather girl voice and so coyly say, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think he was gay. So, yeah. I always wondered why they would suddenly say that. I mean, either he's a playboy or he's gay. Like, stick to one thing, right? Um, so I think I'm getting it now. Why the gay narrative, you know? Um, from the playboy to gay, I mean, that narrative, why the change? Um, because apparently, Mariam Nawaz's own son is known to swing both ways. So, Janet Safter is known to swing both ways. And so, and also he was known to have a specific preference for foreigners not desis. He swung both ways, but never with desis. His preference was always the foreigners that he had, you know, probably got the whole taste of from. And on the other hand, we obviously already know about the um, sexual preference of Bilawal, you know. So I think because the two families suffered from this, um, on the one hand, you had Zardari's son, Bilawal, who was um, said to be gay, a majority people kept on and on saying it, you know, and some people actually started saying that it's not a rumor that, you know, some of the um, hidden sources came out to say that, yeah, no, this is not a rumor, he really is gay. And on the other side now, we're finding out that actually Mariam Safter's son, Janet Safter, swings both sides. In other words, he's bi. And so, you know, he didn't want to marry. Um, and, well, forget about him not wanting to marry. As far as I could see, even Aisha probably never wanted to marry him. And she was just, because, you know, she was brought up um, with more sophistication. She was an ed educated lady with a lot of um, experience um, in her field, working, um, in her father's company. So, I mean, she was like, you know, um, a very well, um, I mean, she's she was brought up as a lady, let's put it that way, okay? So, I don't know and don't care how he was brought up, 
because to be very honest, as I said, this whole family, very dubious. Their very upbringing is very dubious. If you look at the environment at home, yeah, not sophisticated, the very opposite. In fact, Maryam Nawaz, the way she is outside when she rants and she raves and she abuses and she, you know, uses vulgar language, eh, this is this is really how they are all, how all of them are at home, they're even worse, okay? So if you're born and bred in that kind of an environment, you can imagine what kind of environment Janet Safter has and probably how he speaks at home, you know? So you have that, the way Aisha speaks and the way in his family people speak, that in itself is a huge factor, mind you. The way you communicate with each other, that in itself is a huge factor as to whether you can settle in or not. And again, for her father to marry her off into this family, you know, um, I'm sorry, but no respect. No respect there. What kind of a father gets his daughter married into a family that is known? I mean, they are known for their corruption, for their violence, for their aggression, for their assaults. I mean, what made him think they would treat his daughter any differently? Seriously. What is wrong with that man? Like, seriously, what was he going to benefit by throwing his highly qualified, well-rounded, you know, um, independent daughter of the modern world, throwing her into that family? What the frack was he thinking? You know, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't consider him a father who was really sincere towards his daughter. I would think that any father would never want their daughter to marry somebody who is even remotely, remotely dubious. And this whole family, this whole family is like a wanted family. I mean, Nawaz Sharif is a wanted man. He's a fugitive. Literally, legally, he's a fugitive. You know, Shabazz Sharif is a criminal, again, a wanted person because he keeps, you know, keeps dodging the system. You know, um, the whole family... Um, are wanted for treason, for blasphemy, uh, for for all the cases that they were basically trying to push onto Imran Khan. Half of those cases actually apply to them, you know, and those are legitimate cases against them. They claimed that the cases against Imran Khan were legitimate. Not a single case could be proved legitimate. And that is what fueled the public rage even more. And because all those cases actually applied to them, to the whole family. The whole family actually needs to be put to jail. And this is a fact. Okay, this is not anybody just slandering them. These are legally recorded facts. Okay, so anyway, uh, in, you know, nowadays, as we say, if, when it comes to money and business, you can't even trust your own parents. So here is a perfect example of that. Aisha's father throws her into this marriage you know, so forget about whether Junaid wanted to marry her or not. To me, the real question is, did she want to marry him? Because they were both obviously not interested in each other, according to many sources who have shown evidence that during the wedding, um, you know, they everything was for optics, you know, and it was as if they were just changing um, sets for, you know, 
for Hollywood or Bollywood, you know. So as in as in everything was basically staged. The whole wedding was supposed to be this. And again, at whose expense? Yeah, let me remind you, Janaid Safter, your whole wedding was also at our expense. Not a single cent of it belonged to your father or your mother or your grandfather. Okay? Every single cent used on all the events of your wedding, that extremely lavish wedding that took weeks and months, yeah, that was at our expense. Which is why, yeah, we cannot respect your privacy. You should have thought about privacy when your mother was busy disrespecting Iran Khan's privacy, who, by the way, his privacy literally is his privacy. Because you know what? He doesn't owe us a cent. His life is really his own. But your life, your, your very wedding is owned by the state. You used our tax money to get married. And now again, you will probably use our tax money in your divorce proceedings to pay her alimony. It's not like it's going to come out of your pocket. What do you even do? Do you even earn? Do you actually have a legitimate job? Who knows and who cares? Well, the point continues with this, that she separated from him almost immediately after marrying him. And the cause was said to be Maryam Nawaz, um, because Maryam Nawaz, the kind of woman that she is, I mean, she's a woman who went and talked about a stranger, Imran Khan. She peeked into a stranger's personal life, trying to peek into what he did before sex and after sex and his bedroom life and all. So imagine what she would have been doing with her son's marriage, you know. The way she dressed during the wedding, that in itself, you know, um, created many comments from the netizens stating that, okay, um, the mother-in-law looks like the bride. You know, is it her marriage or is it Aisha's marriage? Who's marriage? Who's getting married here? You know, and many people were like, okay, that's it. We can already see the future of their marriage you know, so this is how people were already making statements and people came out to be right after all. Yeah, Pakistanis are very good when it comes to judging marriages and how long they can last, come to think of it. So that just a few video clips of the wedding and the Pakistani public had already realized the whole story, the whole future everything. They realized that this was not a love marriage, this was a business marriage. They realized that Maryam Nawaz was not going to let this marriage continue. She was going to do something. She did something. And in fact, according to the news, um, according to um, certain sources, certain journalists, um, Aisha herself stated that Maryam Nawaz physically assaulted her. So, Maryam Nawaz physically assaulted her daughter-in-law and verbally as well. So, she physically and verbally assaulted Aisha. And Aisha being a dignified lady, an educated lady, 
um a, a lady who was born and bred i mean i don't know about born but you know who lived most of her life abroad you know she was not going to have that um and that is why she separated and then they were trying to put restrictions on her um who to meet who not to meet how to live how not to live where to go where not to go what to wear what not to wear you know so maryam nawaz was being that typical low life um person you know who belongs to this i mean she's always acting as if she's she's from this elite family but nothing about her screams elite everything about her screams that mother-in-law and back in the remote village who will follow you all the way to the toilet to see what you actually did yeah that's mariam nawaz for you so what we have now is the public creating memes about the divorce creating memes about mariam nawaz's role in the divorce and people are now saying the same thing that mariam nawaz's whole political play her whole policy her all her her whole you know the all and end all of her politics was um referring to imran khan as a man who could not take care of his own wife or his own family um that is a man who cannot take care of the country so now everybody's asking maryam nawaz that you could not even take care of your own family what can you take care of the country how can you take care of the country so there it is as and everybody keeps saying what goes around comes around karma's a bitch this is another thing that you will hear journalists saying so now all of a sudden the media is not scared of maryam nawaz people are wondering why because the media um has always been censored and they were not allowed to talk about the divorce but they are you know um talking about it in great detail um and they're making a lot of comments so people are wondering about that too so am i to be honest because on one side you have them having the police um arrest citizens for protesting on palestine and um arresting teachers um and you know firing guns in front of minors students students who are minors um you know who are standing in the protest on uh privatization of public schools and then you know on the other hand you have the police um at the full control of maryam nawaz cracking down on even old couples young couples um you know anybody who comes out of the house um just kidnap them pick them up and put them in jail and fabricate cases against them so even the judges are like going crazy about this so on one hand you see maryam nawaz uh exercising her authority still and on the other hand you see that the media is disregarding her threats regarding keeping the privacy of her son's uh, divorce yeah but you see again as we said what goes around comes around maryam nawaz is a woman of very very bad repute she is a woman of a very bad family background she is um a woman who does not enjoy a good um reputation in pakistan she is a woman who nobody likes period okay and then her son who weds 
Aisha using our money, using public money, using our taxes, you know, and then he suddenly tells us to please respect his privacy regarding his divorce. Did they respect anybody's privacy? Did they respect um, PTI members' privacy? Do you remember what they did to some of the senior members of PTI, you know, illegally surveilling them, illegally wiretapping them, illegally, um, you know, recording them in bed with their wives, you know, and then, it, and then, you know, putting it out on the media and on the net, you know, I mean, that kind of shameless, low life sort of a, uh, act done by your own mother, you know, um, where was the privacy then, you know, where was that regard and respect for privacy? I'm sorry, but in order to gain that respect, you have to give that respect. Your mother, your family did not respect anybody's privacy. Why should anybody respect your privacy? First of all, you have no right to that privacy. I'm sorry. In, in no way are you, are you, I mean, in no way can you even demand to have that right. You don't. You've lost all that right. Your family money is not your family's money. It's our money. You got married again using our money. Your family is still stealing our money. Your family is responsible for the kidnapping, the murders, the assassination of various people in Pakistan, journalists, politicians, and just civilians. Your family is responsible for sex trafficking and prostitution and drug smuggling. Your family is responsible for the child pornography crime ring. Your family is responsible for illegally surveilling judges and politicians in their own private personal space and then exposing the footages on the media. Your family made Riham Khan get married to Imran Khan and then when she divorced him, your family worked with Riham Khan to launch a book in which they fabricated most of the details. They mixed the truth with the lies so that it should sound very reliable. And then your family created rumors and slandered Imran Khan and his wife. Isn't it strange that they never slandered Riham Khan? Isn't it strange that they only slandered Jemima Khan and they slandered Bushra Bibi? Isn't that strange? What privacy are you talking about? Your mother verbally and physically abused your wife. Your mother called Imran Khan gay just so that nobody should find out that you're bi. I mean, what privacy? There is no privacy. You're a public figure, and it is your mother who actually broke all the rules. It's your mother who disregarded the Privacy Act. 
it's your mother who claimed that as a public figure you know you are subject to public scrutiny and that even and one even has the right to scrutinize your bedroom you know so we have the right to scrutinize even your bedroom according to your mother it cannot just apply to people attacked by your mother and not to her or you i'm sorry maryam nawaz is the one that created this new law that nothing is private so go take it up with her i'm sorry but your divorce is not private in fact i hope that your wife comes and launches a book just like how rehaam khan did and your wife will have actually a lot of truth to tell um contrary to rehaam khan who is a certified liar by the way and you know i can tell you that unlike rehaam khan's book aisha's book can actually become a best seller people will actually want to read the naked th- truth about maryam nawaz and jinaid safdar and even jinaid safdar's father captain safdar yeah so no privacy there kiddo why am i even calling you kiddo you probably you know god knows how old you are well well this is me now figuring out if anyone out there would think you know reflect and understand the repercussions you know that is why you know that is why we always say you know be careful um respect other people if you want to be respected think before you speak you know and like the holy prophet said that you know guard your tongue when you're in front of others and guard your thoughts when you're alone on your own people really need to practice that you will not see any pti member spout vulgarities about this divorce you will not see imran khan spout any vulgarities you see that is that is how they are different you will not hear a single word from imran khan or any of the pti members with regards to this divorce but the public they are going to take their revenge and the public is actually already taking its revenge just look at all the memes out there just just look at what's on the internet with regards to the divorce and the marriage and with regards to maryam nawaz and with regards to junaid safdar and with regard, you know it's it's out there because you know as we said this is the internet generation you know nothing's going to be hidden and nobody's going to respect your privacy especially when again maryam nawaz herself said that public figures have no right to privacy when attacking imran khan well this is me signing out for the office